Well, good morning. I am thankful you're here. You know, when Jesus enters human history, the Bible reveals something about him that is just like, just blows our mind. It's hard for us on this side of eternity to really grasp it because Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time. And, and, I, and I, I, there's really not a great way for any of us to really comprehend that. But that, that's just a, a theological revelation that, that's just mind-blowing. But when, when, when Jesus was on the earth, that was God in the flesh. That was God with skin on. And, uh, and how that, uh, we'll, we'll understand that someday. I like what C.S. Lewis says, when, when we get to heaven, it's going to be like, ah, I get it. You know, but right now we just kind of go, wow, that's, that's amazing. Um, but, but one of the things that Jesus said in, in, in John 13, uh, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13 today. That's where we are in our text. But, but in John 13, Jesus made an incredible statement. God in the flesh made this statement. He says, a new command I give you. And you remember, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it, he said in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, I'm giving you a new command that you love one another. That's what he says. Here's the command, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then he says something interesting. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And, and, and it's interesting because the way that we are recognized as Christians in the world is by our love for the Lord and by our love for one another. Now, you'd think that, man, sometimes Christians get in little squabbles, you know. But, 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 but the way that we are recognized by a lost world, by people that don't know Christ, is the way we love each other. And that's, that's really important. Like our church, our purpose statement, we say it like this, that we are here to love all people to Christ, to equip them on their journey with God and one another. And, and we, we've come to understand that we're not going to argue somebody to think like we think. We're not going to argue them into that. We're not going to be able to shout loud enough to get somebody to go, oh, you know what, I ought to follow Jesus. No, it's by the way we love one another, by the way we love the Lord, by the way we love people in the world. And that's, that's um, what, what this passage in 1 Corinthians 13 is helping us understand. Last week, I had mentioned, if you were with us last week, we started this walk through for the rest of the summer 1 Corinthians 13. And I asked last week, uh, by the way, I need to say something. If you're following in our notes, they are different than what I'm going to be preaching just a bit. Uh, if you're following along in the app. Because this morning, you know, we always have this idea, you always got to be ready to die and ready to preach. Uh, right? Uh, that's a good rule of thumb. Uh, uh, but uh, just think about that for a while. Just write that down and think about it. Um, but uh, Chad, Chad was supposed to preach here today. I was going to preach in Tulsa, but Chad got sick today. And so I called Keith at 7 and said, hey, man, you're on the mound today. Uh, uh, see you in Tulsa. Um, and so he's, so, I, so you got me today. So, so I'm glad I love being with you. But, um, uh, but the notes are Chad's notes, which I'm not preaching Chad's sermon. Same passage, but I'm preaching my sermon. But, so you could probably find my notes on the Calvary side of the app if you're, if you're in the app. But I asked last week, what's your goal in life? I said that last week. What's your goal? For some people, their, their, their goal is uh, fun, okay? So if your goal is fun in life and you have two options to, to choose, you're going to choose 
the option that's most fun. If your goal is maybe security in life, some people that's their goal, then they're going to choose the path that has the least risk. If your goal is comfort, maybe. Uh, a lot of people in the church today, they want to be comfortable. Um, the problem with that is when you follow Jesus, it's never com- com- comfortable. It's not comfortable when you follow Jesus. It's a, it's a, it, you step out in faith. You, um, it's not comfortable, but it's amazing. Uh, but if your goal is comfort, you may choose the least risky path. What's your goal in life? Well, the Bible is clear. It tells us what our goals should be as a follower of Christ. Our goal should be to love one another. We studied Colossians a few weeks ago, and, or a month ago. We, we, the first part of the year, we were in Colossians, and, and we, we saw in Colossians 3.14, above all, put on love, he says in Colossians 3.14. We're to put it on. And, and he says, because love binds everything together in perfect harmony. And as followers of Christ, we make this decision. We put it on. We put on love. We love God. We love others. And, and, and what's interesting is, is we don't accidentally stumble into loving people. We don't, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not an accident. We're, we're, it's, a, it's a command. Let's think about this. God commands us to love people. It's not an option for us. It's not going to be something that we, um, um, we just drift into. It's not a feeling we have to love somebody. That's what a lot of people think. Is it, is it a feeling you, you feel? No, it's something you do. We are to put on love, the Bible says. And, and I'll tell you, that, that's hard to do. Um, there's a lot of controversy about that. Like even this weekend in Tulsa, you know, there were things that happened in Tulsa that I disagree with. I saw on the news. You know, th- there's, um, there's controversies in the world. There, there are things that, that so, so let me just understand something, and let's process something just for a minute. Loving someone doesn't mean you always agree with somebody. Let's, let's recognize that. Just because you love somebody, you don't always agree with them. Loving someone doesn't mean ignoring truth. Disagreement, and we got to understand this because we live in such an interest. There's been so many interesting cultural shifts that sometimes we we equate disagreement as unloving. It's not unloving to disagree. It's not unloving uh, um, to ignore truth. It's not unloving, um, and so this leads us to a, a conflict in our hearts, in our lives, in our practices. Because what if somebody is an adulterer? Are we called to love adulterers? Yes. What if somebody is a um, drunkard? Or like we saw this weekend in Tulsa, the, the, pri- the pride display that was this weekend. And, and, and you know, if, if there's embracing of homosexuality, are we to love them? Yes, we are. We're to love the prideful the arrogant, uh, and we need to be careful on the confusion of acceptance with approval. We can accept somebody without approving of, of, of a practice, and, and there's a big difference with, their, with that. And, and you know, as we build a church here, and as we look, navigate the waters that we're in, the, the reality is um, we're going to have to learn to love 
others that are living contrary to what we think is right and true. And, and, and as followers of Christ, we embrace correction from God. We see the Word of God as correcting us. And, and even this morning, we'll feel conviction. And, and we've learned to lean into conviction, that when conviction comes, we go, yeah, that, I need that. Um, but it's right to love the sinner without accepting the sin. But, but how do we do that? Well, thankfully, 1 Corinthians 13, it kind of lays it out. It helps us know how to do that because though 1 Corinthians 13 is often quoted in weddings, and if you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard this passage quoted. But, but it's written to a church. It's written to the church at Corinth, who is... Corinth, man, that was a rough spot. We're going we're gonna to dig into Corinthian, the, the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to go through the whole book starting uh, in the, the new year, 2022. But, um, but, but I'll tell you, this passage helps us see what loving others looks like in everyday life. So stand with me and let's read. We're going to read 1 through 4, verse, the first part of verse 4. Last week we looked at 1 through 3, and we're just going to kind of methodically chip away at 1 Corinthians 13. It says in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. you may be seated. Now, now last week, we, we, we started chipping away at this, and, and we, we understood that agape love, that's what's used here. Agape love is that act of living out the character qualities of God. That's what agape means. There, that's, one of the, that's the word for love used here. And it, and it describes what it looks like to live out God's character. And, and there's nothing easy about this, but it's a level of love God has called us to. He's moving us to. And, and it's the entire point of 1 Corinthians 13. It moves us to, to love. Patience is possible. And we see this. when pa Patience for all of us is possible when we remember how patient God has been with us. Hasn't God been patient with you? I mean, um, kindness is a reaction when, when God's kindness is recognized. And so we, we can see things and, and experience people and walk with and, and, and be, a, be around people. Every one of us have this sphere of influence. We have this sphere of people that God gives us. And, and so it's important for us to understand God's word here. So point number one today in, in um, our notes is, is this, love improves people skills, right? We, we're to have people skills. Now, I'm a people person. How many of you are extroverts like me? Raise your hand, extroverts. How many of you are introverts? Raise your hand. Uh, how many of you don't know what you are, but you don't know, you're probably not either one of those, right? Uh, most of you are like, I don't know what I am. Um, but, but like people energize me. Like I love being around people. I love a crowd. I, it just makes me, I, it just gives me energy. My, my wife is a little different. She's good in a crowd, but, but she kind of like, I want to go home. I want to like, 
like shut the door and go, hey, I'm busy, uh, you know, and she's very welcoming and loving, and she smiles so much because she's married to me, I always thought, but, um, but um, maybe not. Uh, some people knew her before she was married to me, but, but, but everyone who takes their faith seriously, we need to develop people skills because we connect with people. We're around people, and, 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 it's, and so let's, let's process this a little bit because we're to be patient. We're to be kind. To do that requires some people skills. So what we know, the just basic foundation of people skills is that every person is different. You know that, right? We're all different. You know, we don't, we don't see things the same way. We, we kind of have different perceptions and different values. And some people are shy and are, others are outgoing. Some are fast, some are slow. Every, every person's different. We have different backgrounds. We have different needs. We have different perspectives, and we act, we act differently to things. And, and, and that's just a normal reality of people. Let's understand that people aren't going to react the same way, and love is willing to accept and embrace people that react differently. Everybody's different. And so that's, that's important to understand. Patience and, and kindness, it allows people to be different. And that's a foundational people skill. There's another one that's a foundational people skill. Perception doesn't always mean reality. You know, you know what you perceive to be um, uh, what, how somebody is. We, we perceive things to be one way, but, but, but maybe we don't have the information and, and, and they're not what we thought. I mean, you know, so, sometimes, um, you know, I've reacted in, in certain ways that were not patient or not kind because I had a perception that this was one thing and, 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 and I was wrong. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had some perceptions that were wrong? Paul made a, a very wise and insightful, insightful comment in, second, in 1 Corinthians 2.11. He says this, for, for who knows the, a person's thoughts? He says, who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person? which is in him. And, and so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And so Paul looks at it and says, look, nobody can know someone's thoughts. And, and, and it's hard for us to know the, the, the Spirit of God moves us, and, but, but we can't know the thoughts of a person. And there, there's some misconceptions in the world. And I, these aren't on the screen, but, but I've just thought about some misconceptions that we have in the world. The first one is that uh, we have a misconception that words mean the same thing to everyone. You know, words mean different things to people. This week, I was at False Creek, and, and um, me and another pastor, I, I, we, we see some things a little differently. And uh, we sat down for two hours and just had a really good discussion that he was like, and, and there were several times, he's like, what do you mean by that word? I was like, well, that, that's, this is what I mean. And, he, and so we had to work through um, the meanings of, of words. Words don't, uh, like sometimes I will say a word and someone has a totally different understanding of that word. I mean, it's just like, I'm so grateful for Andrew, our youth minister, because this year I had this idea, or last year I had this idea, I want to call this, I wanted to use this word, and I, and, I, and, I, and I said, this is what I want our gospel adventure to be, and he just said, you can't use that word. I was like, why not? And he was like, because it's, have you ever heard of the Urban Dictionary? And I was like, I haven't. And I read the, he goes, go look it up. I went and looked it up, and I thought, oh, I can't use that word. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize the definition had changed, you know. But sometimes, 
words mean something different to somebody else. And, and so this is one of the reasons we have to be patient with someone else. We ought, to be, we ought to build patience into our conversations. We ought to build kindness into our conversations because we make assumptions that may not be right. There's another misconception that there's only one right way to see things, and it's my way. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, this is the right way to see things. Now, I'm not talking about truth here. Uh, let me just take you behind the scenes of our staff for a second. Um, several years ago, we were in a staff meeting talking about Christmas Eve. And I love Christmas Eve. And, and, uh, and we were, Christmas Eve was on a Sunday, and we were debating on how these things should be played out on this Sunday, on the schedule. And, and I wanted to do one way. There was, a, there was a path I wanted to take. And I was communicating that path to our staff. And you know what was surprising? I was the only one in the room that wanted to do it that way. Nobody else did. They all thought, that's not a good idea, Chris. And I was like, oh, well, well maybe you haven't heard me. Because, because um, once you really hear me, you're going to really understand that this is brilliant. And, uh, and so, but it wasn't working. I think they did hear me. They just didn't think I was right. And so I was in a dilemma, and I was mad. And I was like, you all are missing this. And, and I got in frustration. I said, fine. We'll do it your way because that's easier. And it was like, now Brad Ayler, he's sitting over here, I've known Brad all my life, or a long time, not all my life, a long time. I don't impress Brad very often. And, um, and, and he said in the staff meeting, hold on a second. You just called everybody in this room lazy, and I don't think you really think that. And I was like, what? And the conversation kind of went on, and about two minutes later, I go, hold on a second, hold on a second. Look, I'm sorry, because I don't think any of you are lazy. And let me tell you something about our staff. There ain't nobody on our staff that's lazy. And I looked at them and I said, all right, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but I do want you to know I don't think you're, so I will, let, let's do it that way, and I, I really mean it, and, and I'm sorry. And you know what? They were right, and I was wrong, because we had a phenomenal Christmas Eve that year, and their plan was better, but sometimes we have this mentality, we lose our patience, we lose our kindness, because we think, wait, you you got to see this my way. My way is the only way. And, and that's a misconception. There are many things in the world where there's not one way to see things and one way to do things. Now, again, I'm not talking about truth and there are, there are wrong things. But misconception number three is that, and I've kind of alluded to this, but, but I know other people's motives. You know, sometimes I don't even know my own motives, Right? And, and we got to be careful that, 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 that we, we don't just judge somebody on their motives because we don't know these things. And, and, and so 
patience and kindness are, are, is, is a calling. It's a calling we have. It's a responsibility we have. And for us to learn and, and follow the Lord to be patient with one another, to be kind with one another. And here's what I found. Another interesting thought about people skills is that patience and kindness, they can transform negative situations. And I've seen that, haven't you? That, that, that when you choose to respond in patient, with patience or with kindness, it kind of uh, turns things around. And because and hurt people, when people are hurt, they often lash out and hurt somebody else. And, and so one of the ways to, to deal with people's hurt is be patient with them, to be kind to them. And, 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 and you know, sometimes people say things out of a reaction, and they're really thinking about something else or they're mad about something else. And, and kindness and patience, we've all done that. We've all done that. Colossians 3, 12 and 13 says, Put on then as God's chosen one. We're to put this on, holy and beloved. We're to put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another. And if, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And, and we've all been there when, when uh, you know, someone lashes out at us, we want to lash back. We want to hit back. And that's something we've got to learn not to do. And, and patience and kindness gives us the, the wisdom. Because uh, I'm not saying that we should uh, allow people to walk over us. We shouldn't allow people to just stomp on us, but we should learn to respond in patience and and kindness, and, and, and when we really are leaning into the Lord, allowing God to let us learn patience as we choose kindness, we're able to discern the difference when somebody's just taking advantage of you and when they're just having a bad day. You've had a bad day, haven't you? You've had a moment where you just were, were lashing out at somebody and, and, and you just you said what you didn't mean to say. Let's learn to be patient. And kind. Ecclesiastes 7, 8, and 9 says, Better is the end of a thing than, than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. And it's wise to be patient, to be kind. Now, now and it's important to develop these things. Um, so, so let's process this. Point number two is this. Patience and kindness involve some best practices. There's some things we can do as we think about this command. And, and I, I want us to recognize this is a command that we have. We're commanded to be patient. We're commanded to be kind. Um, so what are some practices here? Well, let's, let's learn to assume the best about others. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be good for us to learn to do just... Let, let's assume the best. Ephesians 4.1 is, is my life verse. Uh, my dad put that on my Bible when I, was a, when I surrendered into ministry. And, and, I, and it says, Paul writes this in Ephesians 4.1, I, I urge you, therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. That, that we should live this life that, that represents God. It's like I, I had a, we had a family party this week because I turned 50. I know I don't look like it, but I did. I turned 50 this week. Um, we ought to might need some help down the stairs here in a minute. But, uh, um, but, but you know, at, at our family party, I was, with, I was around all the walls. You know, I can remember growing up in my life. Man, be a wall, Chris. You're a wall. That means something in this group. 
But, but I learned, as I read Ephesians 4.1, as a prisoner of the Lord, I should live a life worthy of my new name, Christ follower. When Christ came into my life, I should live a life worthy of not the calling to preach, though that's important, but, but it's deeper than that. It's my calling to be a follower of Christ. We're to live a life worthy of this calling. And he says, goes on in verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And so, so we, we understand that this is a challenge. It's a challenge to be patient with, with others. It's a challenge to be kind to others because, you know, we'll be offended. It's easy to get offended. And, and, and I, I think that we need to recognize that, that every person has bad days. That, that every person is going to act a little flaky at times. You're going to have a bad day. There are going to be times that you're going to act a little flaky at times. So when that happens to you, we, we, uh, we should assume the best. Assume that, hey, maybe it's a tough day. Maybe they're going through a tough time. Maybe there's something going on that I just don't know about. And so let's, let's learn to assume the best rather than the worst. Have you been around people that assume the worst? That they're just quick to go, well, I know what that guy's like. I know, man, you know, you just, it, you just start thinking negatively. And, and, you know, it's easy to get quick-tempered and, and, and not patient and unkind with our responses. And, and, and we, ought to, we ought to assume the best with others. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That we're to think about the things that are admirable. And, and, and when somebody uh, like it responds to you in a way that maybe you don't appreciate, learn to look, look at the best things in them. Learn to notice the, the best things in them. And, and I had some people say, well, 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 Chris, what if they take advantage of me? Well, you know, they might. People might take advantage of you. But you know what I found is that when I respond with kindness, when I respond with patience, people are less likely to take advantage of me. And if they do, you know what? I can look at the Lord and go, Lord, I honored you in the way that I responded. And that's right. That's good. You've done the right thing in the long run. And, and patience and kindness, it allows me to, to, it moves me to think positively about others, even when they don't deserve it. Right? Sometimes people don't deserve the, the positive, thinking, thinking the best in them. But you know what? There have been times I, I haven't deserved that either. I think that's really important. You know, patience and kindness, uh, uh, a best practice is to assume the best about others. There's another best practice, that, that, that when, you're, when you're learning patience and kindness, you need to constantly remember how God deals with you. That's a good practice, to remember how God dealt with you. I mean, I mean uh, think about this. We'll never have to be more patient with anybody else than God has been with us. We'll never have to be more kind to anybody else than God has been with you and me. And, and I love what Paul said in Romans 
15 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God and, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And that, that we are moved to say, you know what, I, I, I've got to be kind because God has been kind to me. I, I, I'm moved to be patient because God has been patient with me. And when I look at a world that sometimes is offensive to me, I realize, man, I've been offensive. I've been offensive to God. I've been offensive to others. And God has been kind to me. God has been patient with me. And, and that's what Romans 15, 5 through 7 is saying, that, that God is being patient with you so you can be patient with others. God has been kind to you so you can be kind to others. And it just doesn't get clearer than that. The, the, the longer we know the Lord, the, the, one of the temptations that we have, uh, the longer you walk with the Lord, the longer you know the Lord, is to forget what it's like to be forgiven. And one of the things I don't want you to do, I don't want us to ever forget what it's like to be forgiven by God. To for, forget the, 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 the darkness that, that, that we came from. We came from a dark place. Even if you came to know the Lord as a child, you came from darkness. We need to learn to be kind because God has been kind to us. Another, another practice, another best practice is listen more than you talk. That'd be, that'd be good, right? People say to me, all, oh, I had a mentor in my life. And we served on staff together for 19 years. And, and there were times that we would get mad at each other. We'd, one time we got so mad at each other, we both stormed out of the meeting and walked different ways down the hallway. And I, I don't have like, I mean, I don't like fighting staff meetings or anything. But, um, but, but you know, um, he would say to me, quit being a tennis player. Because what does a tennis player do? Brian, you know this, when, when a ball comes, you hit it back. And you keep hitting it back, you stay in a rally, right? That's what tennis players do. And in arguments, I tend to do that sometimes. I want to stay in the rally. You got something, I got something back, you know? So while someone's talking, I'm like waiting for them to be quiet so I can tell them what I want to say. And we're like that sometimes. And one of the things that, when I read my Bible about patience and kindness, it moves me to, to, to listen more than I talk. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not saying this at you, okay? I'm with you here. I feel the conviction of the Lord here. But the key to understanding people is listening to them. Not just hearing them talk, but hearing what they have to say. And um, I, I really got to be honest in this sermon because my daughter's sitting here on the front row. <laughs> And she knows me. I need to learn that, don't I? Yeah, I do. I do. I need to learn that. Listen more than I talk. And it goes on. Here's another. Like Proverbs 18, 13 says this. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. So let's listen before we talk. 
Now, if we're going to develop patience, we've got to learn to listen. There's another skill, another best practice to treat others the way you want to be treated. And then this is a call that we have. Let's, let's treat others the way we want to be treated. It's not the, like, like some people act like the golden rule is to do something before they do unto you. Okay, I'm going to do something before you do this to me. But really the golden rule is to do something, do unto others the way you would want done unto you. Treat others the way you would want to be treated. And when I think about this calling of God, this, 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 this golden rule that Jesus laid out, that, that single verse could save so many relationships. If, if we just treated people with respect and listened and the way we wanted to be treated, Philippians 2, 4, and 5 says this, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is your, yours in Christ Jesus, that our mind in Christ Jesus is to, is to look to others' interests, even when we may not agree with them. And this is how all of us want others to treat us. And when we're patient, when we're kind, we, we treat others the way we want to be treated. And, and you know when I think about it? Patience and kindness, you know what that does? You're just acting like a child of God. And folks, that's our calling. We should act like a child of God. We should, we, when we claim the Lordship of Christ, when we, when we claim to follow Jesus, we should look like it. We should act like it. And patience and kindness is acting like a child of God. And, and I realize, and I'll tell you, as, as this is so, I believe this is so very important for us in our church, in the days ahead, in the days that are coming our way, because, because we are going to be more and more having to interact with a world that we disagree with. That, that it's, you know how hard we are to love. Well, we're going to live in a world. It's hard to love because we disagree. But, but can, I, can I read you what Jesus said? You know, we started with, with Christ teaching us this new commandment to love as he loved us. And Luke 6 is this, you don't have to turn there, but I, I just want you to hear this. Hear what Jesus said. Luke 6, he says, but I tell you who hear me. I think that's interesting. Jesus is with these uh, guys on this mountain, and he says, if you're going to hear me, th those of you that will really hear me, he says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if, everyone, if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. 
And he goes on in verse 35. He says, then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. Because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Man, isn't that amazing? You know, um, there were things that I saw this weekend that frustrated me in our news and in our city. There are things that, that I, I see as rebellion against God. And you know one of the reasons I can recognize that? Because I've been rebellious against God. And, and you know, when I think about the calling that we have to engage a world, that to love people, to love like 1 Corinthians 13 calls us to love, we're to be patient, we're to be kind. So how are you doing with that? You know, I don't know, uh, for, for, as I wrestle through this passage, I feel conviction. I recognize, Lord, I, I, need to, I need to let you shape me and mold me into this. I need to grow in my patience. I need to grow in my kindness. Because this is not something we will stumble into. This is a calling for us to embrace. So let's embrace this. Let's trust the Lord with this. You know where that begins? It began for me. It's when I knew Christ as my Savior. I came to know Christ as my Savior. Man, he changed me in that moment. And we're going to have an invitation. And in this moment, we're learning to lean into the Lord, lean into his voice, trust his voice, Allow him to change our thinking and shape our thinking. To, to grow up in our faith. And no matter how long we walk with the Lord, the closer we get to the Lord, the more we realize we need to change. And that's just the reality of, of God and how big and wide and long and high and deep is his love. Like Ephesians 3 says, to know this love that surpasses our knowledge. Oh, if you don't know Jesus today, can I just say to you, every, every one of us are sinners. And our, and our greatest need in our life is we're, we need a Savior. You can't save yourself. I couldn't save myself. I needed, I needed Jesus to wash my sins away. And he did. He, he entered the world, and God in the flesh came into human history, and he, and he walked among us, and he lived like us, and, and, and he died for us. But then he rose again and conquered the grave and fulfilling this ancient law that said only, only the forgiven, only the ones who, who have been touched by the blood can be forgiven. And Jesus' blood paid the price for your sins. And that's, that's, we wouldn't have known that. But that was a requirement. But, but folks, the Bible is very clear. That was a requirement. 
And Jesus fulfilled it for you and for me. Jesus died for you. And if you'll come to him, if you'll trust him, if you'll put your faith in him, he will save you. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. No matter where you've been. He'll save you. His forgiveness is greater than every sin you've ever committed. Or ever will commit. And so I pray you'd come to Jesus. And know forgiveness. Most of you have. Most of you come to Christ as your Savior, and, and I'm so thankful. But let's look like it. Let's act like it. Let's walk with Him. Let's learn to be patient. Let's choose to be patient. Let's learn to be kind. Let's choose to be kind. And God will strengthen us and help us and walk with us. Would you allow the Lord to move you? And, and whether it's um, um, coming to Jesus or, or just repenting where you are, allow the Lord to move you. Father, I thank you for your great patience with us. I thank you for the great kindness that you've shown us. And I pray that we would be a people that never forget this. And Lord, as we, as we embrace the calling to live in a world that doesn't see you, that doesn't acknowledge you, that doesn't turn to you, that doesn't accept what you have said, I pray that, it, that we would hear your your word, that they are going to know you by our love. I thank you that Paul was inspired by your spirit to teach us what love looks like, and would you teach us that all summer? And Lord, may we be patient. Teach us to be patient. Teach us to be kind. Move us now in Jesus' name. Amen.